Well, hello there. Time again for the Florida Roundtable. I am Melissa Fox. Thanks for joining me each weekend as I bring you interesting and informative people and the inventions and things that they do to help us out. This week, no exception. We're going to talk about why you've been missing your cancer screenings and how you can get back on the stick. Also, appreciating caregivers, especially younger ones. World Hearing Day is coming up. Uh-huh. You'll want to listen to the new technology they've got out there. We're going to talk with the Florida Nursery Growers and Landscape Association and find out what that trade business does for the world. Also, we've got a new book that I'm going to talk about with the authors. It's called Unscripted, and it's about the paramount global backstabbing and Machiavellian tactics. Oh, it's good stuff. And so is this show. It's all coming up next on the Florida Talk and Entertainment Network. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go and pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 802-341-4542. 802-341-4542. 802-341-4542. That's 802-341-4542. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. Call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. 802-341-4542. 802-341-4542. That's 802-341-4542. It's the Florida Roundtable and the pandemic, well, it may have been an excuse for some people to not do things that they should be doing, say, mm, cancer screening. Mm. Yeah, 65% of Americans, 21 and older, are not up to date on routine cancer screening. And remember, early detection equals better outcomes. With that in mind, let's talk with Jody Hoyos. She's the CEO of Prevention Cancer Foundation. Welcome to the Roundtable, Jody. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us a bit about this recent survey that you had about cancer screenings. So our early, our early detection survey um, was really, really illuminating for us and helping us to understand why people aren't getting their cancer screenings. So you mentioned that you know, 65% of adults um, are not up to date with at least one cancer screening. 
Um, and we wanted to understand why that is, because what they it also showed is that people were better about scheduling their car's routine maintenance, like oil changes, than they were about their own routine health. You know, I guess that's good. So people are taking care of their cars, but let's take care of our bodies, too. Um, <laughs> Definitely. How do we get this turned around? This is not a good trend. People need to be getting checked for cancer. Uh, what, what are, what's in place? Hmm? So each individual is different. So you, the recommended screenings differ based on your age and your gender and even your family history. So to, to make it a little bit easier for everyone, we have created work, uh, resources for people um, where they can create a personalized screening plan and they can print that out and take it to their doctor's office. They can look and see exactly what they need at every age. And they can look and find resources that they can use to talk to their families about any family if people have access to that information, it is really helpful to inform what screenings you need and when. We are talking with Jody Hoyos. She is the CEO of Prevent Cancer Foundation. March coming up is National Colorectal Cancer Awareness. Is that the poop in the box thing? Yeah, it can be. That's <laughs> Poop in a box is one of the options, and it's an important option because... <laughs> I made you laugh. You know, it, I always have so much fun talking to people about important things. <laughs> Here we are laughing about poop in a box, but it's actually very important, right? That's right. That's right. So colorectal cancer is one of the few cancers that is preventable through screening. So and that's because doctors can go in and remove polyps during a colonoscopy before they have a chance to go on and become cancerous. Um, you know, that, that doesn't happen with the poop in the box. However, <laughs> you know, you still, can, you still can detect cancer in its earliest stages when treatment is most likely to be effective. So uh, during this, during colorectal cancer month, we want to make sure that everyone who's 45, so if you're 45, turn 45, it's time for your colorectal cancer screening. Um, and if you're older as well, so don't miss out if, if, if you know you haven't done that yet. You can do that through colonoscopy or through other options like at-home tests. So what can be done to encourage people to get their cancer screenings? I mean, there's so many, breast cancer, cervical, colorectal cancer, oral cancer, lung, prostate, skin cancer, testicular cancer. Uh, again, it's up to each individual person what their needs are. But how do we address that with family and friends? We just yell at them, you need to get cancer screening. No. I don't, I don't So you know. I think we've all tried the shame approach in our okay. own lives, but I don't know. I think it's, it's really about information and giving people um, easy-to-use information, particularly what we found is that when people knew the benefits of early detection, they were more likely to act. So helping people to know that, listen, this is gonna, if it's going to come, it's going to come one way or the other. And um, just like you said at the beginning, you feel fine until you don't. So let's address it when you feel fine. And... Um, you have more options for treatment if, if something happens to be found. Or, best case, you're able to prevent it altogether. And prevention can happen through colorectal cancer screenings and cervical cancer screenings. This is fantastic. Where can we go and get more information, Jody? You can go to preventcancer.org, where we have all sorts of resources so that we can create a world where cancer is beatable for everyone. Jody Hoyo, CEO of Prevent Cancer Foundation. Preventcancer.org. That's it? You got it. All you right. got it. Thank you so much for joining us and for enlightening right. us, Jody. We appreciate you. Thank you, Melissa. Okay. Bye, guys.
David was in big trouble with the IRS. At first, I didn't owe that much, but after this year, it was out of control. Then David called Get a Tax Lawyer. Right away, they were like, oh yeah, looks like you're qualified to save Get a Tax Lawyer went to work. <laughs> Should have called way sooner. Get a Tax Lawyer has helped thousands like David fight the IRS and get a fresh start. Call 800-786-9014. That's 800-786-9014. Could you use monthly payments to help meet basic needs, like putting food on the table, paying the rent, or buying new shoes for growing feet? Find out about Supplemental Security Income. You may qualify if your income and financial resources are low and you are 65 or older, or an adult or child with a disability or who is blind. Call 1-800-772-1213 or go to ssa.gov SSI. Produced by Social Security at U.S. taxpayer expense. Hello, I'm Hector Elizondo, Emmy Award-winning actor. And I want to talk to you about getting older. My body hurts. My joints ache. And sometimes I forget. I forget that doing all your own scenes for a movie isn't always the best decision. Especially when you're galloping side saddle down a countryside road on a horse named Archie Bello, who seems to have only one speed. High. And pulling on his reins only seems to encourage him to go even faster. So, of course, my body hurts and my joints ache, but it's not because of my age. It's because I'm living my life. Oh, Archibello! Don't let life pass you by. Take care of your brain health. It may just help you stay on top of your game. As soon as this scene wraps, I'm going to kiss the ground, thank Archibello for his outstanding performance, feed him a carrot, and visit brainhealth.gov. Find out how you can make the most of your brain as you age at brainhealth.gov. As the country's aging population grows, there's a pressing need to implement programs and benefits to support caregivers. I know we had a lot of caregivers in our audience today, and these guys and gals are the unsung heroes of family care. CareWell is dedicated to advocating for and improving the lives of caregivers, and as part of that mission, Carewell Caregiver Awards go out, and we've got a couple of exceptional people to talk to today. Bianca Padilla, CEO and co-founder of Carewell, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me, Melissa. Now, did I say your name right, or was that I Spanish it? Yeah, that's right. It's Padilla. <laughs> no, that's a first for me. Also, we have Brandon Felt on the line with us. Now, he's the Gen Z Caregiver Hero. That's the official title, right, Brandon? Yes, that is that is the title that Carewell gave me. I'm I love very it. Thankful. No, I love it. I love it. It's a great title. Gen Z is confusing to a lot of us out there. That puts you in the 20s ballpark? How old are you? Yes. Yeah, I, I uh, just turned 27. Oh, my god! And goodness. I've been a caregiver since I was 19. So yeah, tell us a little bit years. about that. Your mom took sick, and you had to take over all the household responsibilities, including taking care of your mom? That's right. Yeah, I was in my uh, freshman year of college when uh, my mom began developing a rare neurodegenerative disease called frontotemporal dementia. Um, and so I went from being a, a high school student to very quickly becoming her care manager and full-time caregiver um, at the same time that I was trying to, you know, raise my younger sister um, who was still in high school at the time. So, um, yeah, and I had to drop out of college 
at that time to, to do all of those things. Wow. Wow. That is, that's a lot. I, I actually can identify with you. Uh, unlike a lot of people out there, I had a similar situation where I ended up having to basically take care of an entire family from when I was about 12 years old. So I do understand it. But let's get to Bianca. Bianca, the caregiving in this in the States, it's it's not great. There's uh, private institutions, but what I'm hoping for is some changes. Uh, do you see anything coming up in the next decade when it comes to caregiving? Absolutely. Today, there's 53 million caregivers, and that number isn't growing nearly as quickly to keep pace with the baby boomer demographic that will be begin retiring and begin um, aging. And so uh, government institutions, businesses really need to begin to identify and advocate for caregivers who need um, flexible work schedules, who need remote work options, hybrid options, in order uh, for them to stay in the workforce because one in three caregivers does leave the workforce completely in order to provide full-time care. Um, And so uh, we're going to need to see and and we're going to need to step up as a society in order to support them further. Right. Brandon, one of your challenges was just trying to finish your bachelor's degree. Again, I can empathize. I was in the same boat. And the money for college, the money for medical care and everything that's involved, it's just, I mean, where does it come from if you can't work, if you have to stay home? How did you uh, survive? Yeah, well, that was one of the big challenges we faced, especially at the beginning of the disease progression, was um, just covering the mortgage so, you know, that we weren't evicted from our home, um, making sure we could make, um, you know, uh, health insurance premiums and co-pays. And so um, we, there are some resources through uh, the state of California that many other states don't offer, um, but it's, it's really a small drop in the bucket compared to what's needed. So, I mean, we have no savings and um, are using every, every resource we can um, to, to provide the care um, that, that my mom needs. And it's also a challenge, as Bianca has mentioned, when you're not able to work or not able to go to school, I'm not able to, to um, make my time more valuable. So it's kind of this catch-22 situation where it's like, you need money, but you can't um, develop yourself to, to be able to make more money um, as, when you're being a full-time caregiver. Cool. It's very difficult to do so. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Brandon, and, and I, I salute you. Uh, and I guess CareWell has as well. Hey, um, Bianca, explain the CareWell Caregiver Awards and why Brandon was the guy you selected this year. Absolutely. So the CareWell Caregiver Award, uh, this is the third annual award, and each year they get bigger and bigger. This year we had over 3,000 applicants, and the the purpose of the awards is to advocate on behalf of caregivers and to share their stories so that more people across the the country and across the world really um, understand uh, what it is uh, that caregiving is and how much time and commitment goes into it. So we chose uh, Brandon as the first year we did the Gen Z Award because we're seeing more and more uh, younger people becoming caregivers full-time. And Jen, uh, and Brandon really stood out to us, um, his background taking care of his mother, um, his commitment to go back to school, et cetera, really uh, stood out to us. And we're so excited that he's here um, and honored uh, to have him as be, uh, be one of the, the award recipients. And Brandon, what does this award mean to you? Well, this, this award is huge just because um, 
it's it's very uncommon to know about uh, like a young adult caregiver. Um, I didn't know that existed, um, and so like Bianca's organization, CareWell, um, providing this award and providing the platform for caregivers to share their stories with um, with others is is hugely impactful um, to me personally and to, to other caregivers that I know. So. Um, it's very humbling, and um, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. It sounds like, and you sound like a pretty amazing young man yourself, too. You know, caregiving can be very isolating. Um, I was on an island where I, where I grew up and took care of my mom, and we had the support system basically of a village. Everyone knew everybody. There was food available. There were people to talk to. Did you find that you had that kind of support system? Well, it took time to develop that support system. Um, it didn't exist at the beginning, and so um, that was one of the challenges that I faced, um, try, like in determining how to reach out to people and how to ask for help, because um, it's not something to do. Right, right. It's not a, no, right a natural now. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, we got to wrap this up. Unfortunately, I could talk to you guys all day long, but where can we go and get more information and see who else won the prizes for caregiving? So you can visit us online at carewell.com to learn more. And also be sure to follow us on social media. It's at Carewell Family, where you can read more about uh, Brandon and the other winners and their stories. Fantastic. Thank you so much for both of you coming on the show. Bianca Padilla, the co-founder and CEO of CareWell in Miami, and Gen Z caregiver hero, and my new hero, Brandon Felt out of San Diego. Thank you so much for sharing your stories and for doing what you do. Thank you, Melissa. You got it, guys. You're listening to the Florida Roundtable. It's the Florida Roundtable, and you know I love the national months of stuff. I do, you know, and and here's one. March 3rd, World Hearing Day. Did you know? How do we celebrate that? I don't know. Let's think about it. I know. Let's invite Martin Greeter in. He's a group vice president, uh, consumer hearing at Sonova. Martin, welcome to the roundtable. How are you? March 3rd, World Hearing Day. How do we celebrate, Martin? I guess making sure that we all take care of our hearing and that if we have a hearing loss, we do go out and seek assistance or help. Is hearing loss common in the United States? It's actually remarkably common. Approximately one in five people suffer from some kind of um, hearing loss. And, uh, and actually worldwide, that's uh, um, an immense 630 million people. Early symptoms? What, how do we know? When should we go and get uh, professional help? When you are in a noisy restaurant, have a half in a station, uh, and you sometimes even, uh, you know, like you, you appear as if you would understand the conversation, but you're missing a few uh, keywords. Uh, I think that's a good moment to... Uh, either um, look at one of the OTC or speech-enhanced hearable devices or do a hearing test at the healthcare professional. Is it still taboo kind of to wear hearing uh, aid devices? It is indeed. On average, it takes them seven years to actually get a hearing device. Seven years before they get the device? Do they maybe go to the doctors at all? Or is that all of a sudden they finally decided, or it's not usually up to them, I'll bet you. I'll bet you it's a wife or a significant other or someone who's finally saying, I'm tired of you not hearing me. Go get it checked. (laughs) 
<laughs> that that's often what it is the wife dragging the the partner or, or vice versa into uh, a healthcare professional because they're so fed up your your company sonova they just recently partnered with d snyder a friend of mine he's the front man from twisted sister it's a new ad campaign can you give us a little a uh, little background on that yeah, we're, we're super excited that we were able to partner with Dee Snyder, obviously a great rock star. People my age would all know him. <laughs> so we were super excited when he was kind of uh, open and, and, and willing to just talk about his hearing loss and, and, and partner with us. Yeah, Dee Snyder, what a great guy. He's on the radio and has been for a while. And, of course, Twisted Sister, we're not going to take it. We're talking with Martin <laughs> Greeter. He's the group vice president, consumer hearing um, at Sonova. And before that, you uh, worked Nestle. Wow, look at you. Um, pretty important guy. Yeah, you looked up my resume. Huh? Yeah, That's yeah. I do a little background, <laughs> but the, the accent has got me. Where are you from originally? I'm actually, I, I'm half Swiss, half English. My mom's from London, and my dad's uh, from the German part of Switzerland. So that's where the kind of, I guess, unidentifiable accent comes from. How is this new technology going to address the fact that there's a lot of phobia with people having to wear assisted hearing devices? Mm. I think you can look at it in the same way as what has happened to glasses. If you go back uh, 20 years or so, or even more, 30 years, you had big brown glasses with really big, deep uh, uh, glasses inside, and they were seen as very medical. And then over the years, glasses have become very fashionable, and you don't really know if people are wearing glasses to see better or to make a fashion statement. And I think the same is going to happen in the future with the speech-enhanced hearables. So when you wear, you know, if you look at uh, in cities nowadays, people work, walk around with earbuds in their in their ears mm. the entire day. Sometimes they listen to music. Sometimes they'll be uh, they'll have them in transparency mode in order to listen to what's going on in the outside world. And now moving forward, you'll have the speech enhancement mode, which will allow you to better understand conversations in noisy um, places, be it outside, in traffic, or be it in restaurants. And then people will not anymore be able to distinguish, is this a, is this a regular hearable or is it a speech enhanced hearable? Wow. And then I think fashion will also move into these and make many hearables a over time a fashion statement. Martin, we can get more information at Sennheiser-hearing.com, correct? That is correct, yes. It's been wonderful talking with you today. Everybody go out there and enjoy World Hearing Day, March 3rd. Thank you so much, Martin Greeter, for joining us today on the Florida Roundtable. Half of the U.S. workforce are STARS, workers skilled through alternative routes rather than a bachelor's degree. STARS have gained valuable skills from on-the-job training, certificate programs, military service, and more. But STARS face a paper ceiling. That's an invisible barrier that comes at every turn for workers without a bachelor's degree. Biased algorithms, degree screen stereotypes, and a lot more are holding back over 70 million STARS. It's time to let your skills shine and tear that paper ceiling. Find resources for breaking the barriers at tearthepaperceiling.org. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-513-1652. 800-513-1652. That's 800-513-1652. If your king or queen sago palms have been invaded by Asian cycad scale, it's time to fight back with organic Summit year-round spray oil. 
It kills Asian cycad scale and other insect pests. But Summit year-round spray oil contains no chemical toxins. Insects don't build up a resistance to this horticultural oil, so it keeps working every time you spray. Summit year-round spray oil is available at fine garden centers and at summitresponsiblesolutions.com. Hi, I'm Johnny Erickson Tata. Growing up with a brother with autism, Sarah Crump witnessed firsthand how kids with disabilities felt left out by their peers. It's why at the age of 15, Sarah approached her cheerleading coach with an idea to include girls with disabilities on her school's cheer team. Well, what started out as an inclusive high school cheer team in a small town in Iowa has led to what is now known as Sparkle Effect, a thriving nonprofit with over 180 cheer teams across the United States, bringing students with and without disabilities together through cheerleading. The result? More confidence, higher grades, and better school attendance for kids with disabilities. And for those without a disability, new friends and a greater empathy. You wanna learn more? Well, visit disabilitycampaign.org, where we have posted a link to the fabulous work known as the Sparkle Effect. We're here early before they wake up. We stay late, we stay informed, we invest in the latest technology. We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their minds. We do this not because it's our job, but because this is about our veterans' lives. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there. We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. Imagine. Imagine being denied an apartment because of your religion or your race or because you have children or a disability. It's so wrong. Yes, but who has the power to stop this? You do. Each of us has the power. The law is on your side. It's illegal for landlords to discriminate because of race, color, religion, sex, national origin, disability, or familial status. If you suspect that you have experienced housing discrimination, file a complaint with HUD immediately so we can investigate it. Fair housing is your right. Use it. To learn more, visit HUD.gov slash fair housing. That's HUD.gov slash fair housing. Or call 1-800-669-9777. 1-800-669-9777. A public service message from HUD in partnership with the National Fair Housing Alliance. It's the Florida Roundtable, and I was just talking before this interview here saying there's a lot to unpack in this next deal here. It's called Unscripted. It's a book about, well, it's, <laughs> it's a lot. It's the epic battle for the media empire and the Redstone family legacy. Please welcome my guests, James B. Stewart and Rachel Abrams. Hi, folks. Welcome to the Florida Roundtable. How are you? 
Thanks, Melissa. Mm, So, this, uh, you know what, let's just, I'm going to go kind of a back and forth with you guys, because I really, I I got the book a couple of days ago, I've gotten about two or three chapters in, and I'm just fascinated. Again, it's called Unscripted, so let's, uh, Rachel, tell me a little bit, you can give me the elevator pitch, let's see if you can do it. Sure. So this is basically true life succession, but even stranger. So if you if you like succession, we really think you're going to like this book, because while on the one hand, this is a story about uh, the Me Too movement colliding with the corporate boardroom and how a company deals with a crisis like the Me Too, uh, Me Too crisis in real time. At its heart, this is a family drama with multi-billion dollar stakes. It's about a father, uh, a Sumner Redstone, who always withheld the love and affection from his daughter that she craved um, for, for in, up until the day he died. And that, that sort of push and pull shapes their personal relationship, and it shapes the future of this company. Wow, you did it. She did really good, James. Uh, you guys, are, you're a pro at this now, I guess. Um, so the companies, James, let's talk a little bit more about Mr. Redstone. Um, what happens? The guy's uh, 90-something years old, and there's a lawsuit because he's basically, uh, well, you go ahead and take it from there. Well, Sonny Redstone in his day was you know, arguably the most powerful media mogul and certainly one of the richest with a fortune, Forbes estimated it, uh, over $14 billion. And with that amount of money, you see this incredible cast of characters surround him, almost all of them, I think, with one primary goal, which is to see how much of that money can we get away from him as he is aging. As he gets into his 90s, he begins to, as you know, anybody with an elderly parent can understand, you know, People's capacity is diminished, both his physical and, and in some cases, his mental capacity. And it started with these two women who moved in with him and started to isolate him and get their hands on his money as well as control of the corporations. And they came incredibly close. And then the, the chief executives of these companies who you know ran them as they saw fit, even though he was still getting paid as the chairman um, many millions of dollars, uh, they they wanted to, to seize control, and so his daughter Sherry had to confront one hurdle after another. It really an extraordinary saga of battles before she finally emerges victorious. Now I understand. Now a lot of our listeners would know the name Les Moonves if they are uh, Howard Stern listeners or otherwise, or they paid attention to CBS. How does he fit into this? Well, right after Sherry basically basically is able to kick her father's live-in companions out of his mansion. Um, As Jim said, they came very close to basically taking over control, not just of Sumner, but of his whole media fortune and empire. She finally emerges victorious from that personal battle, and she basically turns around and faces what is essentially a coup from the board of CBS led by Les Moonves, where they they basically decide to file a lawsuit um, to wrest control of the company away from her. Les Moonves had decided that she was meddling too much. He didn't want to deal with her. He didn't want to entertain her ideas anymore. Um, And so right at the moment, basically, that she finally regains control of of, of some of of her father and um, in, in his personal life, he now faces a, a boardroom battle led by a mostly white, mostly male um, exec, uh, uh, executive team. Um, and so she, once again, has to face this uphill battle where where th- that board is so quick to believe the worst about her and so so quick to dismiss uh, credible accusations against Les Moonves. And obviously, as many of your listeners know, you know, he ultimately left CBS uh, after more than a dozen women 
accused him of sexual misconduct, and, and, and he tried to cover up accusations against one of them. Um, and, and in his case, it was the cover-up that was worse than the crime, um, and his attempts to silence a woman was what eventually led to his ouster, and again, allowed Cherry to emerge victorious. Wow, this is good stuff, guys. Uh, we're talking with James B. Stewart, and he's the author of 10 books, including New York Times bestseller, Deep State, Tangled Webs, and the blockbuster Den of Thieves, and you're a columnist right now for the New York Times, and you work at the Columbia Journalism School. I always wanted to go there. but uh, <laughs> And you won a Pulitzer Prize. Wow, we've got some pretty good guests on the show today. Uh, Rachel Abrams is a reporter, senior producer for the New York Times television documentary series, The New York Times Presents. How is that, Rachel? Are you having fun doing that? I love it. It's great. It's wonderful to have an opportunity to get New York Times journalism onto a different platform. You know, a lot of people love documentaries. Not all of them read the paper. So it's just another way to to get our work out to people in a way that they can enjoy and and, and appreciate. Yeah, and you too were part of a uh, Pulitzer Prize reporting team having to do with reporting on the Harvey Weinstein sexual misconduct as we started out in the beginning. Hashtag Me Too movement. Wow. So, James, what's it like uh, just sitting around writing books all the time? I mean, is that fun? <laughs> I love the question. Well, it's fun. It has its fun moments. But, you know, we wrote a, a lot of this and did a lot of the reporting during the pandemic. And we were pretty much, you know, locked in. And you, you kind of have to be isolated to write a book anyway. But in normal times, you know, at the end of the day, you go out, you see your friends, you have dinner, you talk to people. And <laughs> we didn't have that luxury. Right. But we had each other, so we'd be on the phone. And, you know, we, these things kept, you know, we kept discovering things. And, you know, Rachel would call me, I'd call her, you know, can you believe this? And, you know, I can't believe it. And so, you know, in the end, what was so great about it is we had so much raw material to work with. We, we People gave us the emails, the texts, the minutes, the transcripts. So we had raw material uh, so you could really be a fly on the wall at some of these amazing scenes whether it's in Sumner's bedroom in the mansion while you know the women are torturing him or you're in the CBS boardroom while they're you know cooking up this you know revolt against the Redstone family and we've never really had the opportunity to write um, something with such rich a rich load of material over the last five years we've obviously seen a lot of reactions from companies that were dealing with me too scandals but we've never gotten the kind of insight of how the executives were reacting in real time, you know, what they're texting their colleagues, how they're, how they're panicking personally. And so, you know, getting all that material that Jim mentioned really allows readers to understand kind of for the first time what it's like to be inside one of these companies dealing with a real-life crisis. Was there anything that you're like, man, we really can't leave this out, but it doesn't fit unless we build another whole chapter or something? Did you have anything like that? Other bombshells? Oh, you yeah. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah, we did. We did. We had quite a bit. I think one of the most fascinating things was we discovered there's a, a pivotal character, uh, a former um, soap opera star, uh, turned con man named George Pilgrim, and he he's pivotal to the story, but um, in ways that you know readers I think will find surprising. But nevertheless, early on we learned that he had in earlier in his career had impersonated the grandson of William Randolph Hearst. He went around saying he was an heir to the Hearst fortune, and he got away with it for years. And 
you know, we, we had to dispense with that in like less than a paragraph, but that could have been almost a whole book in itself. Yeah, yeah. I remember the, the George Pilgrim stuff. I, I was like, how come yeah, no one did any deep dive to find out for the longest time that he was full of uh, poo-poo? Uh, the book is called <laughs> Unscripted, The Epic Battle for a Media Empire and the Redstone Family Legacy. My guest, James B. Stewart, Rachel Abrams. Um, as I said when I started, there is so much to unpack in this. I mean, there's elder abuse. There's the big, you know, corporations such uh, as you've said, Rachel. The the uh, the whole Me Too and the the, the male all white uh, boardroom stuff. I mean, there's so much to chew on in this book, and it's painted so well. You guys just really weave a story that uh, honestly could be fiction, but it's too good. It's too true. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's. Uh, it was definitely. It was such a. It was. It was. As Jim said, we wrote this in the pandemic, and it was just so bizarre. We're so grateful we at least had each other to turn to to remark on how strange it was and how you really just couldn't make this stuff up. And of course, you Which can is get one reason we called it unscripted because right. we had tried to script it. I don't think anybody <laughs> would believe it. No, but this is true. Yeah, this is it, it is totally true. Uh, any chance that we're talking about screenwriting and movie rights? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we are certainly hopeful that we will have something to share, but nothing to share now. Oh, that's okay. That's all right. You can come back if it happens, of course, and I, I believe it will because, <laughs> let's be honest, this thing is hot. Get you got to get it, folks. It's called Unscripted Again, uh, the epic battle for a media empire and the Redstone family legacy. I'm assuming you can get this anywhere. It comes off a of Penguin Press, so brick and mortar and otherwise. Am I right on that? Absolutely. Yes, that's correct. Uh, are you riding this one out, or do you already have some more stuff in the shoot? Um, we're, we're trying to enjoy. <laughs> we're trying to enjoy that you know at least a few days of of the book's release and the, all the wonderful positive feedback we've been getting from folks like you. But um, but I'm sure at some point uh, we'll we'll try to come up with a with our with our next project. Yeah, I always ask yeah, that you- you know, because it's usually it's like I'm riding this wave, baby. <laughs> Great. Well, I used to worry after a great story that there's never going to be another story, but I've learned over my decades of reporting there's always another story. But this one was pretty phenomenal. Yeah, this is fantastic. Folks, you got to pick it up and, and just, yeah, and absorb all that's going in real life stuff, too. Uh, it's been wonderful talking to both of you, James and Rachel. And thanks for helping us out here on the Florida Roundtable and letting us in on the backroom secrets of big stuff like this. Thank you. Thanks for having us. You got it. You're listening to Florida Roundtable on the Florida Talk and Entertainment Network. I recently asked my phone to answer the question, what is a Christian? Here's what she said. A Christian is someone who believes in God, has conservative moral values, and goes to church on Sundays. While there's some truth to her answer, she misses it badly. First, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than being in a garage makes you a car. And while it's true Christians believe in God, they also recognize they can know God through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Salvation is a gift, and Christians have faith and the trust to know Him as their Lord and Savior for life. So, are you a Christian? If you are, follow Jesus faithfully. And if not, may you put your trust in Him today. I promise you'll never regret it. You'll be thankful for eternity. This is Bryant Wright, speaking right from my heart. For more on this and other topics, visit rightfromtheheart.org. 
Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. 800-398-0651-800-398-0651-800-398-0651. That's 800-398-0651. Florida law requires you to remain at the scene of a crash and to call for help. Leaving the scene is a felony offense that includes losing your license and possible jail time. After a crash, stay at the scene, call for assistance, and wait for first responders to arrive. If you have information on a hit-and-run crash, report it by calling Star FHP or anonymously to Crime Stoppers at Star Star 8477. A message from the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. It's the Florida Roundtable, and did you know that the nation's largest state nursery and landscape association is right here in Florida? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It sure is. And with that in mind, to talk a little bit about that industry and more, I've got Hal Coley. Now, he, you, are the CEO of, uh, how do we say it? Is it Fningla? Is that that the deal? (laughs) <laughs> uh, hi, Melissa. It's actually F-N-G-L-A would oh. be the correct term. Okay, so we say all of the letters, F-N-G-L-A. All of the letters. All right, and that's Florida's nursery letters. and landscape industry that we are representing. Tell us a little bit about the industry here in Florida. Okay, well, thank you for having me, Melissa. Uh, as you mentioned, F-N-G-L-A uh, is the largest state nursery and landscape association uh, in the country. Uh, So who do we represent? Uh, We represent a lot of wholesale nursery and greenhouse uh, growers uh, across this state, as well as the landscape side also. Um, So lots of uh, diversified interest in there, Uh, lots of issues at hand uh, for sure. But uh, we've been around about 70 years in Florida. Actually had our 70th anniversary uh, last year in 2022. Uh, so a long and stored tradition here uh, in the state, um, but overall our membership, we've got about 1,500 members, and our members are our companies. You know, we're a trade association. Uh, we do have some individual memberships for folks that are in the industry, um, but uh, very, very, you know, the presence across the state, it, it, it reaches all areas. Uh, I don't think you can look at this industry and think, oh, well, there's no no industry presence in the panhandle. There's no industry presence in South Florida. Uh, we cover it all. We have folks, um, you know, pretty much in every every community. You wouldn't think that. Um, but as I've grown into this role uh, and come into this industry, I'm not necessarily uh, a plant guy um, by, um, you know, my original, original path there. Um, but uh, you really start to see it uh, once you identify it and you get exposed to our industry. It's just a, a wonderful group of people. Um, and that's why I have come back to Florida to represent them here uh, in the home state. I love this. This is good stuff, really, folks. Um, I know it, and a lot of people might know it. The indoor foliage capital of the world, I think it is. It's like right down the street from where we broadcast here. Their signs are big. 
Um, there's a lot of growing. It's just that in the inner, you know, in the city areas and around the attractions, you don't see all of these huge operations. I see them when I'm out there on the on the highways and in the, the nowheresville, if you will, of Florida. You guys are working hard out there, and there's so much going on. Um, tell us a little more about how you represent and how you help the small business industry when it comes to environmental horticulture. Uh, so, th- I mean, there's there's a few folds here. I, I think, you know, as, as far as the trade association, uh, when we poll our members, usually the government affairs angle and the advocacy type stuff always resonates quite well, um, you know, with any organization like ours. So what does that mean? That means, you know, if there's something that comes up locally, an issue or at the state level, uh, we take those issues uh, and meet with our, uh, our public officials directly uh, and try to get to a solution uh, for our members. Obviously, solutions business, uh, you know, being an association, um, we do workforce type things. We have certification programs uh, for those folks in our industry that we run. Um, you know, there, there's there's other things as well, like on the federal side. I mean, let's let's bring it into this past year. Please uh, had a large focus on uh, hurricane relief uh, that we're still dealing with. Uh, obviously, Hurricane Ian, our, um, you know, our industry took quite a wallop uh, from that. You've heard a lot about citrus, uh, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that they were quite impacted. I think they were the most impacted, but we're right below them, uh, about $200 million uh, worth of, uh, or, or, you know, losses uh, in our industry as a result of that. So trying to get our story elevated, uh, you know, to decision makers and making sure folks have the available resources to, to, to build back, I think, is uh you know, been a very acute focus here as of late. Um, but uh, between the, the the research, the education, and the advocacy, and the trade shows, mm-hmm. uh, I forgot to mention that, Melissa, you know, foliage, we have the Tropical Plants International Expo. Uh, we actually had the 50th year of that show here uh, just in uh, January. It was in Tampa uh, for a couple of years, but it'll be moving back to Fort Lauderdale. Um, this is a show that's available, you know, pretty much everybody in the industry. It's not really a public show. Um, but we have a great, great uh, footprint on foliage, and we are the, the foliage capital, uh, you know, of the United <laughs> States down here in Florida. But, yep. uh, you know, lots of lots of angles where we help help our members, um, you know, and, and help their bottom lines. We're talking with Tal Coley, and uh, he's the CEO of the Florida Nursery Growers and Landscaping Association. Did I get it right? Uh, you did. Landscape. Landscape Association. Landscape Association. Very, very close. So close. It's a mouthful. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> and and we don't spell it. I mean, we spell it out. We don't, uh, yeah, we don't, mm-mm. it's not Fangula or whatever. It's F-N-G-L-A. Okay. So th- actually, to be honest, right, the industry growing landscape as well as nursery, that that's the most increase in jobs and employment from what I could tell. Yes. Yes. So, you know, we did, did an impact study. Uh, back in 2020, um, you know, probably total amount of folks that have, uh, you know, don't say probably that the study laid this out, but we employ about 266,000 people in this industry in the state of Florida uh, with $31 billion economic impact. Uh, it has been growing, you know, in that, that report, uh, you know, between 2015 and 2022, seen about a 15% increase uh, statewide. Um with the uh, the jobs, you mentioned jobs, obviously very important. Um, and you know, I think something you know that, that kind of manifested nationally, having worked 
in, in D.C. for the industry before I came down here to Florida. Um, the pandemic, you know, had some benefits to our industry. Uh, lots of folks, you know, sitting at home and you're looking out at your yard and, man, I'd love to get that backyard redone uh, or put something in over here. Um, you know, folks really went to the garden centers, um, you know, and bought our products um, and got a refocused towards, you know, the things that our industry provides, which is, you know, kind of a nice thing, obviously a very troubled time, but, uh, you know, it really, really helped our industry, um, you know, get, get more attention kind of in the grand scheme of things. Sure, sure. Um, but, yet, but, but yes, you know, the economic impact can't be, um, you know, downplayed. We have played quite a big part uh, in, this, uh, in this state, um, and you look at the national numbers, and we're pretty much at the top. So very, very proud of that. Being a native Floridian myself, so, um, you know. Right. The economic engine rolling. Tell, uh, how can people get involved with FNGLA? Hmm? Uh, well, you know, if you're obviously in the industry, you can become a member. Uh, we are a trade association, so, you know, it, it's kind of, I don't want to say, um, you know, non-inclusive, but you have to have a connection as far as membership goes. Sure. But, you know, how do you get involved? I mean, we have garden center members. You know, go to these garden centers. Find out about, you know, the products that they provide, which are probably – you know, produced by our by our growers, um, you know, buying the products, learning about the products and the benefits that they provide, um, not just from a, you know, aesthetically pleasing, but from, you know, all those things are important, you know, in Florida, whether that be conservation, whether that be sequestration for carbon. I mean, I just had an op-ed in the Florida Times Union about this, about how plants provide all these invisible, powerful benefits um, you know, to folks, you know, not just in Florida, but across the country. So um, if you get back to your question, Melissa, uh, you know, folks, folks can, you know, find out more about us, um, you know, on the website, fngla.org. Um, but really our, our members, you know, that we have right now are out in those garden centers or at those landscape, uh, you know, companies and, uh, you know, showing them support uh, for those issues that they do come up um, you know, that that certainly helps as well as a way to get engaged. Tao Coley, thank you so much for sharing with us on the Florida Roundtable about the Florida, I'm going to do it, Nurseries Growers Landscape Association. And uh, thanks for everything that you're doing out there. All right. Thanks, Melissa. United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and America's largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal law enforcement agencies through our many varied programs, including free safety equipment donations, free officer survival training, cash donations, and condolence letters to the family of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty. USDSA also offers college scholarships for the dependent children of law enforcement along with the citizen awareness program and thank you cards to law enforcement. These are just some of the ways United States Deputy Sheriff's Association assists America's law enforcement and the citizens they serve. For more information about United States Deputy Sheriff's Association or to see how you can help, visit www.usdeputy.org. United States Deputy Sheriff's Association, taking training to the next level because lives are on the line. Florida has over 2,000 miles of shoreline, over 4,000 square miles of lakes, and over 11,000 miles of rivers, streams, and waterways, which means no matter how big your boat, 
How bright your life jacket, how loud you shout. Finding you in the case of an emergency is going to be really difficult. Unless you have an emergency locator beacon. Odds are, you'll never need it. But the odds for you are tremendously better if you ever do. Learn more about emergency locator beacons at myfwc.com. Brought to you by the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. When it comes to taking care of your acreage, don't mess around. Toro's zero-turn mowers cut big yards down to size in less time, so you can spend more time hunting, fishing, or just enjoying the day. Built with comfort-enhancing, productivity-boosting features like MyRide suspension that takes the ache out of acreage, massive rear-drive tires for ultimate traction, and ultra-durable Ironforge cutting decks you can rely on for years to come. Bowl through anything that dares get in your way. Toro, count on it. Visit toro.com slash zero-turn to find yours. Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low we can't publish them anywhere. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. Call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. 802-341-4542. 802-341-4542. That's 802-341-4542. When was the last time you had a truly awesome nursery experience? A nursery and garden center with a huge selection and friendly expert advice. We're talking about Quality Green specialists in Deland. At Quality Green, we have your favorite plants, fruit trees, flowers, vegetables, and herbs. Plus, with our 8011 fertilizer, organic azomite, and composted soil, your garden will look its very best. Great plants, sustainable products, friendly expert advice. 335 West Michigan Avenue, Deland, and online at qualitygreenspecialist.com. Shortness of breath, patients confused, temp 102. He just had an infection. What's going on? He's becoming septic. Antibiotics started. Bed ready, let's move him. Infections can lead to a deadly chain reaction in your body called sepsis. Very quickly, sepsis can cause tissue damage, organ failure, and even death. If you know the risks, can spot the symptoms, and act fast, then you can get ahead of sepsis. Learn more at cdc.gov sepsis. My muscles ached. I was tired all the time. My son had a full-blown asthma attack. It came out of nowhere. The unsettling thing about some symptoms is... I had a fever and these terrible headaches. You don't always know what's causing them. It was Lyme disease from a tick bite. I had Zika virus from a mosquito. He had a reaction to cockroach allergens. Threats to your health can come from unexpected places. Get the facts. Visit pestworld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Love you. Mean it. You've been listening to the Florida Roundtable, a news and public affairs presentation of the Florida News Network. The views and opinions expressed during this program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of this station's management, ownership, or sponsors. For questions or comments, write to Florida Roundtable at FNNOnline.net.